Kelly Brady. This is Club Hell. Thanks for coming, kids. Hey, Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row. A cinema podcast of commentary, questions, answers, dreams, fears, joy rides, hell rides, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Hello and welcome to another episode of Notes from the Back Row. My name is Dan Gorman and I'm here with... Carlo, ahoy hoy. Yes, and if you have never heard the show, it is kind of like a magazine for podcasts. It is a feed you put in your phone and we will have different episodes with different people. Uh, Sometimes you'll get a roundtable discussion, sometimes you'll get a themed episode, and sometimes you'll get an episode of what Carlo Carlo and I are calling Hoser Horror. Um, Our previous episode is in the feed as episode 17, it's Science Crazed and the Pit, and it is us talking about Canadian horror movies. Yeah. (laughs) Beauty. Um, you can find backrow at back-row.com. You can email backrow at backrowcineblog at gmail.com. And on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as backrowcineblog. So that's the housekeeping out of the way. This episode, I'm excited because last episode we kind of dove in um, headfirst into the world of just bizarre movies. <laughs> And uh, this episode, our theme is Canadian firsts. So um, we're basically looking at two movies that are notable for being the first of their kind in Canada. One of which is the first, uh, well, known as the first horror movie. And then the other one is going to be something a little bit more trashy. Um, How do you want to get into these movies? Uh, Well start with the start i guess yeah um which is uh the mask from is it 1960 or 61 61 okay 61 put the mask on now put the mask on now no ladies and gentlemen there is nothing wrong with the projection but you can't share the shock until you have the miracle movie mask At showings of this motion picture, each patron will receive his own miracle movie mask. Then, but let's watch the scene again. Then you will lift your mask as he lifts his, and you will look through it with him into the weirdest nightmare world that man has ever dreamed or the screen has ever dared show. The new realm of horror that can only be seen through the mask. Here to tell you more is the supreme authority on all things weird. Initiate of the strange and mysterious, the world's greatest connoisseur and collector of masks, Mr. Jim Moran. I have seen wonders. I've traveled to the remotest corners of the globe, to dead cities, through savage jungles, but nowhere in all my travels have I found a mask so absolutely remarkable as this mask. The Miracle Movie Fright Mask. The mask that you will be invited to put on 
when you see the motion picture called The Mask. Yes. Yeah. So officially or unofficially, I guess, the first Canadian horror movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely the first to be distributed in the U.S. by a major studio, from right. what I read. Um, and I think it was also the first 3D movie in Canada, which oh, ultimately... Yeah. Um, it wasn't the only one because in the 80s we had Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen that actually. Yeah. Not too long uh, ago. <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I didn't love it, but uh, yeah. it's, there's some fun stuff in there, like yeah. uh, practical effects wise and stuff. Uh, I, I love a, a good sci fi movie, so yeah. Yeah. The Mask is 1961, directed by Julian Rothman. Um, I guess from what I read on Canucksploitation.com, and I will try and source Canucksploitation.com every time I say something that I read in their review of this movie, but I guess the gist of it is Julian Rothman was doing military films for the National Film Board around World War II, and then he left in the 50s to start making movies. Um, they he formed a production company they made some stuff and i think one of them starred peter falk and then in 1960 they made the mask as i mentioned it was a 3d movie um they shot a bunch at the rom which is a big museum here which is really cool to see and i guess for a long time it was like really hard to see this movie especially in 3d because the prints that they had were really brittle Hmm. and so a couple years back, they made a new print um, and partnered with a, a film archive in New Jersey, restored it. They screened it in 3D, and uh, I wish I'd gone to that screening. I'm, like, kicking myself. Oh, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So that's, is, is that where the, that, that poster, like the, the, the TIFF poster is from? Yes. Oh, okay, because that's a really sweet poster. Uh, yeah, I think it was, like, 2015. They Yeah, they, like, completely yeah, yeah, yeah. restored it. And from that, I think, is where it eventually landed on Blu-ray from that restoration. Oh, okay, um, And I believe on Blu-ray you can choose between watching it with a 3D TV or oh. with the the blue the blue and yeah, red yeah, yeah. old school style. glasses yeah okay cool. <laughs> well, and i guess uh, in toronto we they have the mask in the tiff uh, archives <laughs> did you go and, and not yet and, and touch the mask with <laughs> i your, should want to go you have to touch the mask then I know. You, you put on the mask put on the mask then <laughs> and blow your brains out maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well okay maybe don't do that but <laughs> yeah um so the synopsis here on letterboxd for the mask is a young archaeologist believes he is cursed by a mask that causes him to have weird nightmares and possibly to murder before committing suicide he mails the mask to his psychiatrist dr barnes who is soon plunged into the nightmare world of the mask yeah <laughs> okay so is there like any relation to like jim carrey's the mask <laughs> at all because no. it's I don't know it feels a little bit similar if you if you describe it that way yeah. but like i know th uh that movie was based on a comic book right i guess uh, yeah i think so but mm, i don't know where they got their inspiration i guess yeah or... like the idea of some mask from some kind of like archaeological origin yeah yeah and like turning you into somebody else i could see yeah yeah, yeah. um so one of the big things about this with it being in 3D is it gets kind of um, lumped in with the idea that it's sort of William Castle-esque with the kind of gimmick. Yeah, but not just that, though. Not not just the 3D effect. Like, I don't know if this was on the version you watched, but the one I watched, uh, 
has like an intro mm -hmm. from a person i'm not sure who it was maybe it was like julian rothman the director um but but it's like a real typical William Castle like intro, like a director going like uh, giving a little like intro explanation explanation about the movie. Was that on the version that you watched? It was on the version I watched. So I oh. have this on VHS. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the it's the Rhino release with the blue and red. But my VCR yeah. was only playing things in black and white. So oh. I got into the movie and was like, I think that it's supposed to have the color, and it yeah, doesn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then I switched to a version that has that intro, yeah, but yeah, was yeah. in another language. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's like three or four scenes that's in, that are in German for some reason. Uh, that's so weird. Like someone put that online, but how did a couple of Germans... <laughs> I don't know why only three scenes were Yeah, in how does that work? <laughs> Is he like just ripping the scenes like apart and oh I, I got some german in my canadian yeah. <laughs> horror movie <laughs> yeah I, I really want to order the blu-ray because the blu-ray looks like incredible so yeah yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see like those 3d effects and like high and, yeah. and high def that that would be crazy yeah um mm. but yeah it has that kind of scene where the guy's like uh hey i'm talking about it they i feel like from what i got from that even though it wasn't in the language that i understand yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it felt like he was kind of like positing it as like these archaeological finds are real and yeah, here's a story yeah, yeah. that you like, know could happen <laughs> yeah like really trying to sell the myth <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying to scare the bejesus <laughs> out of people yeah and i get so like if the listeners have never seen it yeah i, I based on the synopsis i read earlier it's basically a guy who has this mask it um is driving him crazy his, his psychiatrist doesn't believe him um so he sends it to his psychiatrist before killing himself and then anytime the psychiatrist puts on the mask mm. um you have to put your 3d glasses on and then you get these 3d sequences yeah. uh, designed by um, um slavo vorkapic um and it, th those scenes in this movie are like super psychedelic, kind of gruesome, They're... really like outrageous and kind of incredible. Yeah, those scenes were amazing. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, <laughs> this movie, like the rest of it, like I drifted off a couple of times, to be honest. Yeah. But then like some guy would just shout, put the mask on now. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, then I just woke up. And those scenes are amazing. And like the 3D, it's, it's pretty cool. Like for back in the day, um, it, it worked for me. Like it wasn't the best. Like I would love to see like how it looks on the Blu-ray. Like mm -hmm. if the 3D is any better. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is, maybe. I think from what I heard from people who went to the screenings, because yeah. they it, when they did the screenings, they used the kind of 3D that you get now where it's like the, they're not colored or whatever. It's yeah, just the clear yeah, glasses. Yeah, yeah. And I hear that, that it was like amazing. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. I um, see that. But, but yeah, like the, the composition and stuff of that 3D um, scenes are yeah. cool because they're not... You know, when you watch like uh, Friday the Thirteenth yeah, Part yeah. Three, they're popcorning <laughs> shit into your face, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, there's a couple scenes in this where like the hands are kind of coming out, but in a way that doesn't feel overly gimmicky. Yeah, yeah, and there was some like real artistry to those scenes, like almost like I want to see say like Salvatore Dali esque, mm -hmm. uh, like a vibe. Yeah, absolutely. You know? 
like so creative and it, it's kind of a pity that the rest of the movie couldn't really match that <laughs> like you kind of wish the entire movie like took place in those 3d yeah. segments like it's kind of funny we were talking about like uh, enjoying 3d movies nowadays and like you're totally fine with that with some movies and i'm like it's just too much for me to watch an entire mm-hmm. movie in 3d it just requires so much focus yeah but like for this kind of movie i guess because the other scenes aren't as like exciting i just wish the entire movie was like that. and it's a pretty short movie as well mm-hmm. so it would have been fine with me if that was like yeah. the entire thing i i agree i think from like a enjoyment standpoint of mm. watching this movie i think the the 3d scenes are incredible i guess from what i read on exploitation they really wanted to do all this stuff with the 3D sequences and they came up with all these ideas that yeah. were over budget and like <laughs> couldn't pull it off. But mm. even what they did pull off is cool. Like you get Hell eyeballs yeah. popping out and snake eyeballs and smoke oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Some really yeah. cool stuff, man. And like the, the mask as well is it's, it looks pretty dope, yo. Uh, it's like the skeleton disco ball thing, like kind, kind of day of the dead ish. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> totally yeah. cool stuff. Um, yeah, it's a real shame that the rest of the movie is, um, like, I guess it's not bad. It's just like standard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you've probably seen a movie like that before. Oh just, yeah. So it, it, there, there's no real surprises there. Also, in the way it's shot and everything. Um, but yeah, those three D scenes, like, watch the movie for those definitely because. Uh, they were longer than I thought is, uh, that they were gonna mm-hmm. be as well. Like there's like, I don't know, I don't remember how many segments there were. But I think there's like three, yeah. maybe. F- I yeah. ma- I maybe want to say four, but I do remember thinking like I hope there's one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they're pretty meaty. Like yeah, they're long. Uh, it's it's not like you know like uh, ten seconds uh, scene and then you're back. They're like they they take like like a couple of minutes at least for sure uh which makes it worth it totally yeah and they're so like disconnected they're in in terms of like yeah it is just here is a bunch of really wild really psychedelic you know intense imagery and some of it i was kind of like not like not like disturbed or anything but like there was some of it where i was like whoa this is freaky man this is like (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah and, and then shit. some of it is just like, this is awesome. It's like, you know, skeletons and... and yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just skeletons with like googly eyes and stuff, you know? Like just just a bunch of stu- uh, stuff where I was like, man, if you saw this shit in a mixtape, you, you'd be losing your mind. Like, Yeah, you, I gotta see that movie. <laughs> yeah, you have to track it down and see it. But then uh, having seen those scenes, you're like, oh, okay, well, okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, um, the movie kind of tries to, um, you know, introduce some drug use metaphors to the point where, like, a character in the movie just kind of says, like, it's like a drug. You put on the mask and you can't get enough of it or whatever. Wild. <laughs> just, yeah. just blame it on drugs. That's, yeah. that's what they did in the 50s and the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was kind of hoping that would be a little bit... Because I had heard 
some stuff about the movie and how it was gonna that it was kind of a metaphor for for drug use and I was kind of like okay like what are they gonna do with that you know how are they gonna you know explore that but they don't really it just no. kind of comes yeah no I wish that that would have been interesting but yeah, yeah they they don't really go there so <laughs> but yeah yeah it's I mean as one of like the most important movies in Canadian history like I totally respected and i think those scenes are incredible like those those 3d scenes are make it it entirely worth seeing yeah so like from a history standpoint this is like a big canadian movie but like watching it again like what's the canadian identity of this movie like is it does it feel very canadian to you watching it like were there parts where you're like okay that's definitely canadian or or feels like um, like it was shot in Canada at least. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it splits it a little bit. Like parts of it kind of feel like, okay, this could be anywhere. We're just like in, you know, you know, an office or a psychiatrist's office or whatever. But then there's scenes like, yeah, they go to the, the ROM, the Royal Ontario Museum. And they go like, there's definitely stuff about it where you're like, this is definitely Canadian. I can't remember if they, do they mention any like locations i can't remember i don't remember either like yeah. uh, I'm, I'm trying to take notes like uh trying to carefully listen if <laughs> someone like drops a name that i can look up or something yeah. old toronto eh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well probably probably <laughs> i mean you have to assume <laughs> yeah um yeah but i as far as accents go though uh though mm, I, I didn't really pick up on anything though. Yeah, um, it, not it's really. mildly Canadian with the accents, but mm. yeah, not yeah, not the kind of uh, yeah. movie where they're really leaning into the hoserisms. Yeah. Also, it didn't necessarily feel like they were trying to be American either. Like it felt pretty neutral-ish. Because um, well, you know, a lot of Canadian exploitation movies are like, well, we're Canadian, uh, we're American, eh? Uh, but it yeah nope <laughs> but this one felt pretty neutral um, um yeah. a, but a movie that didn't feel neutral <laughs> yeah so from the mask a movie that was a first in canada for not only being 3d but also distributed in the u.s um by a major studio first canadian movie to do that and then um yeah also first canadian horror movie or major canadian horror movie hmm. we go to a first in the world of exploitation so uh cannibal girls from 1973 once upon a time there was a little country town where folks had a very strange diet strangers who stopped for lunch ended up staying for dinner American International Pictures presents Cannibal Girls. When the morning wakens, They're young, beautiful, and very, very sexy. They love every man they meet. First to death, then for dinner. In order not to offend or horrify those in the audience of a squeamish or prudish disposition, the sound of a bell in the theater will warn you when to close your eyes or turn away so that you may avoid witnessing certain scenes of an especially erotic or gruesome nature. Um, is kind of known as one of the very early 
exploitation-y, kind of grindhouse-y, drive-in, theater-style horror movie from Canada. And it was directed by Ivan Reitman and stars Eugene Levy and Andrea Martin. And obviously everybody knows who they are, you know. <laughs> Ivan Reitman is such a huge name in, in the world of, of cinema. And for me, this was one of those things, I think on a previous podcast we talked about... Um, uh, I want to hold your hand. And I had said, oh, that was like this movie that when I first got the internet, I went on IMDb and like, you know, I would go like the guy that directed Back to the Future did some movie and I, and I can't get my hands on it because it's not at the at the local store. And that was like Cannibal Girls for me was I knew who Ivan Reitman was because of all the comedies he made. And I remember getting IMDb and going and seeing Cannibal Girls. It's a horror movie that he made. And I was like, oh, Ivan Reitman made a horror movie? And then I looked for it at the video store, and they didn't have it. So then it just was like, well, I guess I can't watch it. <laughs> so it took me a long time to see it. I'd never seen it until now. Oh. I just never got around to it. Oh. Did you just, like, lose interest in tracking it down? or? I, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, I wanted to see it for so long, and then I never did. And then mm. I just kind of never got to it. And then also I had heard, like, it's pretty boring. So <laughs> it was one of those <laughs> well... things where I just never really... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, you know, as a horror movie, it isn't very, like, exciting horror movie either. <laughs> and there's not a lot of atmosphere going on. But <laughs> there sure is a lot of hairy people in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Eugene Levy with a huge afro. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Which I loved. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I couldn't get over that. Just yeah. everything Eugene Levy in this in this movie is fucking gold just because oh, yeah. of the way he looks. Uh, well, also, so like the, the gist of this movie is it was shot in nine days and then I think they did some reshoots. They spent $12,000 on it. Um, it's, yeah, like I mentioned, it's very explicit, explicitly inspired by like, let's do what they're doing in America with a drive-in horror movie. But Ivan Reitman, so I guess it says this on Exploitation as well, is that he and Dan Goldberg, who did a lot of stuff with him in the comedies later on, I guess they did some kind of a student film called The Columbus of Sex, and they like ended up in the courts because they were saying it's like, this movie's obscene. <laughs> and so it's interesting because Ivan Reitman, if you look at other Canadian horror exploitation movies like um, William Fruett's Death Weekend, like he produced a lot of stuff um, early on in his career, like Shivers and Death Weekend and oh, Rabbit, yeah, so yeah, Cronenberg yeah. stuff. Like he was involved with Cronenberg's beginnings too. So um, they made this movie. They were like, we, you know, if you look at the credits of this movie, they it says very explicitly like the dialogue is credited to the cast as well because it's <laughs> pretty much all improv. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is like, and now when you say that, you're like, oh, they're probably making up jokes. But it's like, no, they just didn't write specific <laughs> dialogue. And so then they came up with it on the spot to like, what would feel natural or whatever. <laughs> um, and, and I guess, again, like The Mask, there's a William Castle thing here where it rings a bell. If you're scared, you can close your eyes before oh, the gore. Oh, yeah, the gore horn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the warning bell. Yeah. Thank God. That, yeah. the, that the gore horn was there because uh, this <laughs> look I, I didn't want to see them cutting up a steak yeah <laughs> so 
So I, I'm I'm not like a a gore hound. I I don't eat gore in my movies. But if you're like advertising a gore horn, I'm expecting a little bit. But there really isn't a whole lot in terms of gore. Like it's it's mostly just like blood on things. Like you don't even see like wounds and stuff. Like a guy gets like his back cut by a knife, and it's just like blood on a short on the shirt basically i think there's one or two later in the movie where it starts to get a little bit more gruesome but yeah in general it's yeah. a lot of like the, yeah. you see the person with an axe and then it cuts away and you see some blood yeah. on the axe now look, or whatever look what this movie really needed was a hair horn <laughs> i need a i needed a warning for every time someone with like crazy body hair showed up because that shit was fucking like i'm a hairy man so <laughs> it, it, that shit doesn't shock me easily but this movie was just fucking 70s disgusting in in the perfect way <laughs> yeah like, yeah and <laughs> like the again the synopsis of this movie is just it's about um eugene levy and andrea martin they kind of find themselves in a small town where there are these cannibal girls who live in this mansion um and it's kind of like a, a trap for people that are coming by and staying there like it's a hotel kind of thing. Um, there is some parts where you can see that they like they can't it's like I don't know if it was like it seems intentionally funny in moments, but it also seems like we can't get too funny because we're not yeah. a comedy we're a horror movie. But yeah. there does seem to be like there was some stuff that made me laugh mm -hmm. <laughs> about just sort of the, their reactions to things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can tell it's like funny people working on it, but I just wish they'd pushed it a little bit, you know, like leaned a little bit more into the comedy horror thing. But it, it just it, it, it ends up being neither in the end, uh, just like an attempted horror. But like, I'm, I'm not really surprised Reitman himself didn't do any horror like based on this, uh, I have to be honest. But well, well, who knows, you know, maybe... If he had done like horror later in his career, it, it, it could have been good, but well, he, he just didn't. So, oh yeah, who can, yeah. Say, who can say? It it was, again, like The Mask picked up for distribution um, by AIP. Um, so they put that out in America. You can see why this would fit in with like the drive-in movies oh, yeah, at the totally. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's edited by the aforementioned Dan Goldberg, who yeah. I just want to say he worked with Reitman on a lot of movies like Meatballs and Stripes, but he wrote and directed Feds in 1988. Oh, yeah. And I love Feds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and nobody else does. <laughs> I think nobody else knows that that movie even exists. <laughs> like, until you, like, talk to, about that movie to me, I was like, I've never even heard of this, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the movie feels really kind of slapped together because yeah. it was but yeah, there's yeah, yeah. one scene where they are they are it's like an outside scene um oh okay i was thinking about another scene but go ahead there, there's a scene where they're outside and they're walking around and it's like a pretty far away shot and you can tell that they've overdubbed the the voices and i swear to god and i can't find anything else online about this um i didn't look hard but i swear <laughs> to god ivan reitman is doing the voice for eugene levy in one scene okay <laughs> i was like that sounds kind of like eugene levy but it sounds so much like ivan reitman and i was just thinking like could they was ivan was was eugene not around and they needed to adr and so they huge just like i'll do it i guess like it just yeah i was like i, I swear to god this is what happened so i mean yeah can't sure confirm it, that, but. That, that kind of 
stuff happens all the time in like crappy movies you know yeah like they're all like making it and well who cares you know yeah it's, it's details <laughs> this one is very canadian though yeah yeah i noticed um <laughs> like i have to tell you the 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 setting of this movie not just because it is a real small town but the like the winter setting and it's so gross and yeah. like <laughs> it's just so bleak small town ontario winter it's like mm. this is what like my childhood looked like <laughs> like that explains the, a lot <laughs> it, like maybe a little bit less because it, it was the 80s but yeah it's very like there's a very specific look to canadian winters or ontario winters um the movie prancer really nails it too where it's just like this is like all the snow on the side of the road is brown from the cars driving over it, but like everything else is is white. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> very specific. It reminded me of that movie that we we watched for the Chud Buddies, um, the Christmas Martian. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I I know that's probably that wasn't wasn't shot in Ontario, was it? That's like a, um, isn't that like I think a, it was French? Yeah, yeah. It's a Quebecian movie, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, just like the same vibe as well. Just like dirty snow, you know? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah, totally. And yeah. and this movie doesn't doesn't shy away no, from no, that to- stuff. No, no, it totally leans into that uh, as well. Yeah. Like I think I, I wrote down the location that they go to, like the little town is called uh Farnhamville. And I tried looking that up and the only thing that popped up was was a place in Iowa. So I so I was like, well, um they say they came from Toronto. Well, they probably don't say that, but later on in the movie, they were like, gonna take the bus back to Toronto. And I looked that up, like, I'm like, holy shit, that's a long way from home, like <laughs> like a bus ride uh, to, to Farnhamville, which is just a nothing of a town. Um, but it's not it's not real. Um, the the Farnhamville that they're referring to in the movie is a is a made up place in okay. in Canada. So yeah. close to uh, I suppose Toronto. So it's not Farnhamville, Iowa, which also <laughs> happens to exist and is like just a fart on the on on Google Maps. Like it, it it's basically nothing. Uh, like Google Maps didn't even give me any transit options. Like I was trying to get like directions from Farnhamville to Toronto, and Google Maps was just like, nope. <laughs> just um, all it said was like, it's basically in in theory a fourteen hour car drive. <laughs> so yeah, um, it was shot in Ontario though. Like all of it, I looked it up. Um, it said like Richmond Hill, Beaverton, Aurora. Um, I don't know any of those places, but maybe you do. Yeah, and, totally. Okay, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, yeah Canadian as fuck. Yeah, it, this one's super Canadian. It, it totally wears its Canadiana on its sleeve, for sweet, sure. Sweet, sweet. Um, That's the way to do yeah, it. But yeah, it's... Yeah, like we mentioned earlier, it's a lot of just, like, you get, like, I hope you're queasy by the, like, sh- the look of people eating meat, you know, or... Or, um, or, or like girls putting brown sauce on yet another hairy guy and then slurping it up yeah which is fucking sick (laughs) yeah and then so there is kind of like a twist to the ending as well um yeah there's was this uh oh i'm trying to i think i'm getting movies mixed up anyway yeah there's like a bunch of stuff at this movie with like the house that the cannibal girls live in and like um there's sort of some history there to these cannibal women but yeah the end of the movie comes and there's kind of a i don't know if it's a rug pull uh 
it's not a major one. It's just like a little extra thing. Yeah, you know? it's kind of like, oh, you know, I kind of thought, like, wink, you know, that one of these characters was going to be involved. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then it kind of turns out, yes, or or is, you know, inducted into the Hall of Cannibal Girls fame yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, it kind of ends with one of those scenes where everybody's, like, chewing on meat and it's supposed to be really <laughs> gross and, like, close-ups of it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a rough movie. Still... The hair, though, in this movie, <laughs> I can't, I can't stop thinking about the hair in this movie. And 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 I, I, I took like a screenshot of Eugene Levy's um, like hoser fro, <laughs> I guess. And uh, not only does he have like huge fucking hair in this movie, like I've never seen before on any man before, but but I think his outfit, he he wears a he wears a tie, and and the tie basically looks like you know like. Um, one of those like endless uh, colored handkerchiefs that magicians pull out of their sleeves. <laughs> Except this isn't like uh, like you know silk or cotton. It's a knit tie. Uh, it doesn't get more seventies than the way Eugene Levy looks in this movie, and he wears a, a rainbow colored knit tie. Like everything about Eugene Levy already looks like he's just knit. Like he's just a knit muppet, like made out of wool, you know. <laughs> and it's so good, you know. It's the it's the best part of about this movie easily. Uh, it's just a look taken to the extreme, and I'm I feel like this was just like the way Eugene Levy looked back in the day. Like no one told him to show up like this because he shot this movie in nine days. So that's that's just the way he was walking around, and and I I tip my hat. To this man yeah um i forgot also um there's so many flashbacks i feel like yeah like there's a couple flashbacks where they're being told the history of cannibal girls and stuff yeah and it those flashbacks went on so long it was one of those moments where like it cut back to them being told it and i was like oh yeah this yeah. is a, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah we're back here <laughs> it doesn't feel like a flashback at all i was like oh this is just happening someplace else and someone mm -hmm. like thank god someone says like uh you forget or, or, or yeah they they indicate like oh yeah it was a flashback but yeah like like there's there's no you know like yeah. wayne's world <laughs> i could have <Yeah>. used that <laughs> it's yeah it's very uneven it's like the interesting things will happen but it's they're surrounded by pockets of just like kind of yeah yeah un, like start stop kind of pacing yeah it's it's not the best but you know um i didn't regret watching it so that's, yeah that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> do you, do you think as two movies that are the firsts of their kind? Mm. Cuz cuz from my like at the end of our episodes, I guess we we like to kind of say like, "Oh, is this like, you know, an essential movie yeah, 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 or not?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um from my perspective as a Canadian, I I both worry about feel looking like I'm going to go easy on movies by saying yes to every one that, of them. But that's but cool. like I I don't feel like I can say like I think Cannibal Girls and The Mask are so important to the you know the identity of horror yeah. in Canada that I couldn't say anything other than, you know, okay. of course these are important films and everybody should watch them, but I think you should know that like, you know, the first time out for a lot of things are, is never perfect. Yeah, and, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and I think yeah is especially for the fact that the the mask received distribution um in mm. america and and cannibal girls like you know it's not so successful a piece of entertainment 
um, as it is successful as like people weren't doing this in Canada. Yeah, exactly. And and they were like, we're going to do it. So I can't say anything other than that they are integral parts to our history. I mean, who am I to dispute this? Uh, You know, but if you were going to tell somebody like, you got to see some Canadian horror movies of these two, which one would you point them to? Uh, like I probably wouldn't necessarily start with these two, even. Yeah. But, Straight to science crazed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for example, <laughs> uh, for sure. But there's like other movies as well. But I would say, like, if you have like a serious interest in Canadian exploitation cinema or just horror movies, um, I I would definitely point them to The Mask, though. Because, I mean, it's a movie that's been on my watch list for forever, and I'm glad to, like, have finally watched it. Um, uh, Cannibal Girls, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Unless, again, you're, like, serious about Canadian cinema, then, yeah. I thought you were going to say, unless uh, unless you're serious about Canadian hair. Well, yeah. (laughs) um, I'm serious about hair, so as as a fellow hairy person, I... I felt a, a certain rapport with Eugene Levy's character. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, that was important for me, for hair cinema. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, in the end, um, yeah, they're just landmark Canadian horror movies. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's all you need to know, really. Yeah. So, Totally. There you, um, there you go. <laughs> so, from two important first-time movies in Canadian genre horror movie history to some (laughs) animal-related movies in the near future. Yeah. (laughs) Our next episode is... We won't say the titles yet, uh, but as a sneak peek, we are going to watch two movies that are kind of animal attack movies. Yeah, and you may be surprised at what what kind of animals. Yeah. (laughs) I I think one one is a movie that's a little bit more more well-known. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Around kind of like cult circles, but then the other one's a little bit more obscure. (laughs) Yeah, the other one I'd never heard of before you, like, linked me, like... Like, does it even have, like, a proper poster? <laughs> like, yeah, it, not really. And I believe it had actually been literally lost for a number yeah, of years. Yeah, okay. yeah I, I can't wait to watch this one. Um, and the other one I've seen before, but I would love to watch it again and talk yeah, about I'm gonna, it. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, yeah, temper your expectations a little bit on the... <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. We're, we're doing this for the greater cause, you know? Yes. <laughs> um... If uh, people want to follow you, what's your uh, Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is... I, I recently changed it, actually. It's at uh, Carlo Goes Boom. And oh. Yeah, I changed it up. Uh, nice. And, yeah, you can also just catch me on Letterboxd. Um, is it Carlo Goes Boom on Letterboxd, or...? Uh, the URL is, but okay. the, the name isn't the name. The name is just Carlo. Yeah, okay. I, I just thought that... Do you know that 80s song? Like, uh, I think it's 80s, actually. The Cars Go Boom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love that song. So I was like, nice. hmm, "What's a good new like handle thing?" I'm like, "Cars go boom, Carlo goes boom." Okay, okay, yeah. there you go, boom. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Follow Carlo on Letterbox for sure. Follow me on Letterbox YCKMD underscore. That is also my Twitter handle, and uh, obviously backdashrow.com is where you can find the podcast. 
Um, and again, keep it in your feed. There's lots of different uh, fun episodes. You have an episode coming up with Jenna in a, later in a month or so or something? or uh, Hopefully a little bit sooner, probably. I'd say like two weeks from here okay. on out because it's, it's bi-weekly and yeah. Can we say what it's about? Um, it's it's not about Canadian cinema. I will mm-hmm. tell you that. And <laughs> emphasis on not Canadian. So you fig- yeah, figure okay. out where uh, Jenna and I will take you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Otherwise, thank you for listening to another episode of Hoser Horror on Notes from the Back Row. And goodbye, eh? Take off, eh? <laughs> yeah.